Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Marcus from Pivot Boxing Academy in Philadelphia. What's up, Marcus? How are you today? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Just enjoying my morning. How are you? Yes, absolutely. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All righty. So let's get right into the details here. What made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Well, um, I actually been in boxing my whole life. Um, on both sides of my family, um, there were boxers. My uncle was a, was a fighter. My father was a fighter. Um, even my own mother uh, has a background in boxing. So um, boxing was just something I couldn't avoid. So pretty much I grew up in boxing, started competing. And um, as I got older, I ran into some health issues, um, ended up getting an autoimmune disease. So um, from there, um, I wasn't able to compete how I used to. Um, so what I did was I just got in another lane. Um, I started helping, uh, started training um, some amateur fighters. Just, just passing along what I know, I didn't want to completely give up on a sport. And then um, as I started to grow in the boxing game, I started to develop pro fighters. I started managing fighters with my father. Um, and we just, and our brains just got huge to the point where um, we needed our own gym. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what we did was, um, I actually, we actually ended up getting uh, this, um, it was actually a storage unit before it was a gym, not too far from where I grew up. I'm actually right in the middle of the neighborhood that I grew up. And um, yeah, we actually just opened the gym from there and we, we've, been, we've been rolling since. Awesome. All right. So it's something that was always a part of your life and just kind of happened organically, basically, staying involved with boxing and just wanting to provide for other people along the way. So awesome. Now, within the business currently what is your business model look like how do you structure things are we doing group classes semi-privates one-on-ones how does that all work well thankfully we have we have have a great team at our gym so we do a little bit of everything um we actually have kids classes on mondays wednesdays and fridays and we break them down into three separate age groups so the youngest we take is five to um five to eight years old that's from four to five p.m and then we have um 9 to 12 from 5 to 6 p.m. And then 13-year-olds to 17-year-olds from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We do that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's actually some uh, probably the most popular classes that we have. And a lot of our amateur stable comes from them classes. Uh, we develop them gradually. And then as they continue to progress and then we feel like they're ready, um, we put them on to the next uh, phase, which is um, they get their own trainer and they get some more like individual training. Um, we also do one-on-one classes. We had three. We have three uh, coaches: uh, myself, my father, and then we have Coach uh, Efren as well. Um, we do one-on-one classes that you could book through the website. Um, you could pick your day, your time through there, and then um, the pricing and everything will be available on the website. And it's just everything's really organized on there. Um, and um, we also have a Sunday group class. Um, we take men, men and women. That's a really popular class as well from 10, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we mix together some strength and conditioning along with some uh, regular boxing training. So um, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much what we do. Um, we do a little bit of everything. 
Awesome. Okay. And then are there any other additional services within the business that you provide, whether that be nutrition coaching or accountability or anything of that nature, or are we just sticking to training mostly? Well, we, we had that at one point. We actually fell off a little bit with the, the nutrition thing. We actually have somebody that um that's in our gym that has like a like a master's degree in like nutrition and everything. So we're gonna mm-hmm. actually start working very close with him. Um he actually helps out some of the pros with their um with their dieting and uh, making sure that they cut weight properly and things like that. So um we definitely gonna be working close with him and see if we can actually um incorporate that into our business for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great for uh, an additional service for your clients and then also another stream of revenue for the business. And right. you know that helps on both ends of things, getting the clients better results and then also creating that second stream of revenue for the business itself. So definitely a right. good direction to be moving in there. So now, as far as your client base goes how many clients are you currently serving across the programs that you're offering within the facility well it's actually pretty popular so um i don't have like an exact number mm-hmm. but me myself with uh i usually i usually have because some of the some of the uh, some of the clients i train actually compete as well so um if i had to put it all together um throughout the week i probably have at least me personally, me, me, just me, myself, I probably train about 25 people throughout the week by myself. Now there's, um, the other, the other coaches have their own clientele and, um, they're, they're pretty popular as well. So it's definitely a lot moving. If I had to give you like a guesstimation of, um, a total clientele that comes into the gym, um, I would say we would train around like, uh, excluding just a regular member. We probably train at least, uh, 40, 45, probably like 45 people that we, that we rotate throughout the week with one-on-one training. Are you talking about like overall members too? Or? Yeah, just uh, in general, how many members or how many people are you serving within your facility as a whole? Oh, okay. Uh, well, we actually have, the last time I checked, we had 205 members. Um, that usually fluctuates, um, especially with, with uh, the new year coming up, things get a little bit slower around like the beginning of January. Um, and then with, with this, uh, with the rise with, with COVID case, a lot of people are discouraged to come, but, um, I think, I think I had checked like two weeks ago and we had 205 and, um, usually when it hits uh, February, March, it gets, it gets a little bit higher, especially yeah. with the kids classes. So, um, right. I should, we should expect to have at least, uh, 220 to 225 by the time we get into March. Got it. Okay. And now. As far as your membership structure goes, how are your clients or members paying for their services? Is it on a monthly basis? Are they doing packages? Is there some type of agreement there? Six months, 12 months? What does that look like? How do you structure the, uh, the payment for memberships? Well, we actually we actually have like, um, I wish I had the paper in front of me, but we actually give them options. So. Um, there's people that prefer to pay uh, month to month. Uh, we we actually have a, a, a three month package, a six month a six month package, and then there's people that pay for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, we we give them them different options. Now the, the regular the regular package that a lot of people like to go towards they like to go towards the uh, the monthly package. Um, now that's for for adults um, sixteen well sixteen and over. 
uh, we charge uh, 110 to sign up. And then in the months afterwards, it's only 55. Um, now with the kids, um, the kids is actually, you, it's um, 90 to sign up and it's 45 a month afterwards. Uh, the three month package is 105. Uh, so it's like they get a, they get a small discount. And then, uh, and then it just continues to get lower afterwards. I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. Um, I usually have my, my dad deal with the uh, monthly packages, but um, yeah, a lot of people usually go towards a monthly thing and they just go about it from there. Got it. Okay. So $110 and then did you say $50 a month after that? $55. $55 a month after that. Okay. And is that mm -hmm. for like group training class? No, no, that's, that's actually the, just to uh, have access to the gym. Okay. So, from, so that's like 10, an open 10 membership. To 8 PM. Right, right, right. So from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., that gives you access to the gym. You can come in whenever. And a lot of people like to do solo workouts anyway, you know, um, so they usually gravitate towards that. Now, if they want uh, training, that's a that's a separate fee. So depending on who the coach is that you do, that you would like to hire, um, they can structure some type of deal outside of the membership, then they'll work on that. But if they just want to do one-on-one -on -one training, then it's usually um, 30 for the hour. 30 for the hour? Yeah, $30 that's, for, for... Wow, that's so low. Yeah, it is. Um, we actually... In Philadelphia, there, there's boxing gyms, like, on every corner. So, obviously, um, you want to you wanna, you wanna be... Uh, you want to give great training, and then you want to give it at a price that others is not. So, it's pretty much like we've seen others uh, train... do it for one-on-one -on -one training for 60 for the hour. We've seen 75... Um, things like that. We see memberships for um, 200 a month and, and, and that would just give them access to the gym and stuff like that. So um, we actually, we actually try to stand out from the competitors in terms of price range and, and it works out, you know, and um, we've, we've been doing well. Got it. Okay. So I hear this a lot now, as far as Competing with other facilities in the area, whether that be other gyms that are similar to yours or big, big box facilities that have those lower monthly rates. Now, it's hard to get into a position where you're providing the, the best level of service, the best value to the clients, but charging the least. So, you know, it kind of gets to a point where it becomes like a race to zero. You know, it's like, how low can we go for our membership, but how much value can we provide? And then it gets to a point where it doesn't necessarily make sense anymore. You know, and typically people, things that cost more money, people put more value behind, right? So it's always, it's interesting to me from a, a gym owner perspective when, and I, I get that you want to be competitive with the other gyms in the area, um, but typically people put more value behind something that does uh, cost more. Right. So are you planning on, on staying there as far as your price point goes, or would you ever think about raising the price? You know, even if it means that you have less members, but you can provide a higher level of service to those people, therefore charge more, get them better results, focus more of your time and attention to a lower amount of people, but still kind of have the same revenue as far as the gym itself goes. Have you guys ever considered kind of 
doing that or are you always looking to keep those prices super low well actually we, we've been lower so um <laughs> so kids class kids classes were actually 40 or more and um adults classes were actually 45 at one point so um, we actually have raised um not not that much but we've actually we've actually increased our prices um a few times mm-hmm. um and obviously as um with our with our lease that we have at the gym um as the rent goes up a certain percentage after a few months um we'll have to um, well i wouldn't say unfortunately because it's not it's not going to be a massive increase but um we'll have to increase as it as it goes along we, but like i said it's actually been lower so um mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't like the first um this isn't like the first price we ever had we were actually lower and well we we've increased slowly and um it's been working out you know um and the reason why um even with our low prices we still have been able to get some great clientele is because we, we have a great reputation in the community mm-hmm. um we do we do a lot for the uh, we actually in a very like impoverished neighborhood um, that we're in, and we actually do a lot. Uh, we actually we do a lot of giveaway food giveaways. Uh, we actually have like community centers that give us food, and then a lot of people that aren't even gym members come in and um, take food from us. Uh, we we give away clothes for the kids, um, and because we've been so great to the community, even though uh, people and and you're right, a lot of people do gravitate more towards the more expensive things because they think it's a, a better quality but mm-hmm. uh, luckily luckily because we have a great reputation in the community um and we're good to the people they're actually uh, pretty good to us so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <clears throat> excuse me i mean industry average for group classes per month is 125 and mm-hmm. average for an hour personal training session is around a hundred dollars an hour so so to to hear thirty dollars i'm just thinking about all of the uh you know all of the room for increased revenue in that area you know um so yeah i mean and that's just average you know there are people charging more than that there are people Mm -hmm. charging less but typically i don't hear anything less than sixty dollars an hour for a private training session you know so that's Mm -hmm. why i was like kind of taken aback by that because that's super, super low. Um, So now as far as acquiring new clients goes or new members, getting the word out there about your facility, as far as the marketing side goes, how are you doing that? Well, we, we, we got a, we we use social media a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully we have some fight, some pro fighters that have a great following. Uh, we have some amateurs that are actually pretty famous on web, uh, social media outlets like TikTok and stuff like that, and they help us spread the word. Um, um, we 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 stay to, we stay we stay in touch with the social media as well. We make like little reels and little things that are appealing to to our followers and stuff like that, and they'll repost and um, their followers will see it and they'll follow us through there. So social media is is, is our pretty much our our strongest uh, asset when it comes to, um, to, to marketing our gym and like that. And, um, it, it's surprising how, how, how much people find our gym through like Google, they'd be like boxing gym near me. And because we have so, so many like, uh, great reviews, we actually have a five-star rating on Google. 
and we had like a lot of good reviews and we usually are at the top of the list every time people look in the philadelphia area for boxing gyms and people just find us through there so google uh social media and how we just stay in touch with our followers and how our followers just uh, spread the word and um we haven't been on social media that long and we're about to close in on two thousand followers i believe and uh, we don't even have that many posts so um mm-hmm. we were definitely getting the word around pretty well yeah. through social media awesome okay so uh mostly organic posts then no type of paid advertising through facebook instagram google we did we did we did some when we first opened the gym we did some paid advertising through um through instagram so it was like like you'll be scrolling through like a story or something like that and the advertising will pop up we'll we, we've done things like that and when you're scrolling through your timeline you'll see uh an ad for our boxing gym through there um, we actually um we have a lot of uh public schools within our area too mm-hmm. and uh, my mom actually works in one of them so we did some advertising like um throughout the schools and stuff like that like when you walk into the office and you'll see like a bulletin board you'll see our name on there um we have our we have our advertising and lawyers offices as well around here so um little small things like that but like i said social media is our um, strongest thing. okay now, big time of year right now for planning for the new year, looking at goals, looking at what our main focuses are within the business, potentially some growth. So what is the main focus for you within the business for 2022? What are our goals for this year? Our goals is just to, to continue developing our fighters. Because um, as we continue to develop our fighters and, and, and potential clients, see how well these fighters are doing, they actually want their kids to uh, to be a part of that, especially if they if they want them kids just to learn how to defend themselves. If they see a bunch of uh, kids in there that can fight, they want their kids to learn how to fight. So they'll bring their their um they'll bring their kids to us, and we just continue to grow from there. So um, my focus um, is just to continue to develop our fighters and um, continue to do shows. We actually do amateur shows at our um at our at our gym as well. Our gym is pretty spacious. And we could fit over 300 people in our gym uh, for the for the competitions and stuff like that. So continue, and we and we generate a lot of we generate a lot of revenue through our through our amateur shows. Um, we actually have done three. We we've done three. Um, we've done three last year, and all of them were pretty successful. Sold out every time. Uh, and we we would sell food there as well. Uh, we sell we sell uh, pivot box and merchandise. This is just one of their uh, of a lot that we have, and mm-hmm. we, like I said, we generate a lot of revenue, and that does a lot for our our business through there. Right. So continue to develop our fighters and um, get the word out there through um, our hard work, and just continue to do shows and get us more popular as we continue to uh, move along. Right, absolutely. So more so growing the. Um the competitive side of things mm-hmm. focusing most of your time and attention to that really getting the word out there about what you do on that side of things and growing from there right because um in philly like i said there's a boxing gym on every corner in philly mm-hmm. like I, I could literally go down like five blocks and uh pass by like three or four boxing gyms within those five blocks so um when they see well so clients is like finding a boxing gym is not a difficult thing for them. So what stands out to them pretty much in, in Philadelphia is, all right, where are the good fighters at? 
You know right. what I'm saying? So because so mm-hmm. they, they want to be around good fighters. They don't want to be around fighters that don't know what they're doing. Right. So um, as we continue to develop our fighters and our reputation grows in a positive way, a lot of people are going to gravitate towards us because they want to be around the good fighters. If they see our fighters winning national tournaments and winning these uh, winning these uh, these small shows and just racking up belts and getting our names out there, getting, uh, getting published in news articles and things like that, they're going to want to come towards us because they want to be in that same position that we're in. Yeah. So um, that's, the, that's, that's why I'm solely focusing on that right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for someone who is considering opening their own facility, what would that be? Well, I would say um, get a get a get a um, good support system around you, mm-hmm. um, because the difficulty I had when I first started um, with the gym was trying to do everything by myself. And yeah, it's it's not gonna happen, um, especially with especially as we we got clients so quickly. Um, it, it was it was impossible to do everything by myself. So mm-hmm. on top of developing fighters, I also had to develop coaches. You know what I mean? Right. I had to get them to the point where they would be USA Boxing certified. So um, if something, if I was too occupied with something, somebody would be able to cover for me. Um, thankfully, I have a I have a great uh, stepmother. Um, my father is actually a, a co-owner with me, and um, they help us a lot, especially with the business side. While I focus on the boxing things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just have great coaches that are able to pick up um, where I lack. So um, I would say just have a great support system around you. And we actually opened a month before the first lockdown ever happened. We opened on February 1st of 2020. And then I believe the lockdown happened in March. Yeah. So um, thankfully, because I had a great support system, there were people that were actually paying their dues when they weren't even allowed to come into the gym. So um, just, just, just be good to the people that uh, you're, you're servicing, and uh, typically they, they, they'll be good to you. You know what I mean? Just have a great support system around you. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself. You're right. only one person. And um, just, can, just just be good. Just just be loyal. Be loyal to the people that are um, around you. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what's worked for me, just being a good person, providing a great service um, every time, and um, just having – just developing a, a great, strong – uh, system around me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That support system is huge because in the beginning, especially in the beginning, there are so many things that you have to do as a gym owner and so many different hats that you have to wear and, you know, constantly trying to keep up with all of them can be very exhausting and it doesn't allow you to direct your attention fully in any one area. So having that support system, those other people that can help out, take some of those things off of your plate is huge. So right. definitely great advice there. Right. And then, and, this, and everybody benefits from it. Uh, we actually have a lot of people that's making some pretty good money um, just off the strength of helping us out. So um, I have a lot of people that, that come to me and um, they actually, because like I said, we are in an impoverished neighborhood. So not everybody's uh, doing well financially over here, unfortunately. So um, if I get, if I'm able to teach them a skill that's able to put some money in their pocket, um, I feel good about myself. And then on top of that, um, he, he's, um, finding a way to stay out of the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's something that they could really make, maybe they could open their own gym one day based off of the things right. that I'm teaching them. You know what yeah. I mean? So everybody benefits at the end of the day. 
Yeah, absolutely. Giving back to the community. So that's amazing. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, well, you can find us at at Pivot Boxing Academy. A lot of people get our name confused, actually two T's. So P-I-V-O-T-T, Boxing Academy. Um, That's our social media. And that's all across on on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, We post a lot. Uh, My personal account is uh, at Mark, M-A-R-K dot Mazuma, M-A-Z-U-M-A. Uh, and that, that's, that's where I really uh, go between those two social media accounts right there. And we're pretty active. We respond right away. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. All righty. So Marcus from Pivot Boxing Academy in Philadelphia, thank you so much for taking the time today. We appreciate you and thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Kelly Adkiston of Curves, coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Kelly, what's going on? How are you today? I'm doing really well, thank you. I am glad to hear that, and I'm excited to have you here. Kelly, I've done this interview time and time again, but I have not had the chance to interview anyone with curves yet. And so I'm excited, genuinely, selfishly for myself to ask a number of questions, but I think a lot of other people will derive some serious value from this and and your experience. We don't have to do too much work explaining what curves is. It's become a national brand at this point. But Kelly, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the brand and, and what that looks like for you for the last number of years that you've been involved? Okay. Um, In 1998, um, I was working in, uh, I am an occupational therapist, um, working in Grand Junction, Colorado, um, and knowing that I was looking for a workout for myself. Um, Curves was really pretty new, and it had been franchised at that point for only a couple of years. And I heard a radio ad, went to check it out, joined Curves. Shortly after that, the founders came to Denver to do some franchising, networking, try to get more people interested. And as I learned it was a franchise um, and my healthcare background, um, the system itself, I really believed was such a perfect system for so many different people and needs, um, including a lot of the people I served in rehab, which was older adults um, and sometimes, you know, post post injury or illness would be a perfect place along with young women. Um, I was younger by quite a bit then. Um, and I loved the challenge of the workout. So I looked into the information, um, determined that I wanted to move back to the front range of Colorado where there were no curves open yet. Um, and the process of that was late 
1998. We opened our first location in January of 1999 and just celebrated 23 years of being a franchise gym owner. Yeah. And, and so a lot of, a lot of years have gone into this. And so here we are, right? You've made it through a pandemic. You've made it through two decades as a gym owner. How has that time been for you? What's, what's been your overall experience from the ownership seat of running a gym? It has been, um, wow, a journey, I think is the way I would describe it. It has been a journey. Um, in the beginning, Curves was, we got in it quite early. And so getting in it that early meant that not a lot of people knew about it. There weren't a lot of Curves at first. We had a slow go for about a year, year and a half. Um, so much so that we weren't sure we had made the right decision. And then around the end of 2000, um, Curves took off like a rocket in the United States and just started opening so many different locations. And we joined right in. Um, we joined, we had six locations by the, around 2006, 2007. So those first five, six years, we, oh man, we were working hard. We were opening, 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 another grand opening. Um, and 08, the economic troubles in 08 was probably the first experience of, oh, that hurt a little. Um, and then the other thing that has happened around that same time, the end of the aught years was gyms went crazy. Um, yeah. In Colorado Springs, when we opened, our first location in 99, there was one female gym in the whole city that was kind of large. And then there were a couple of valleys and uh, one or two YMCAs. There just wasn't a whole lot of gym out there. We were super unique. Um, Curves really started the boutique gym craze, small, lots of them in the city, in your neighborhood. You don't have to drive far. Right. So, you know, Curves just went nutty i mean there were so many of these things opening i i think i want to be correct but i'm pretty sure somewhere in that late odd years maybe 08 um curves said they had 10,000 curves in the united states um yeah. and then they started into it. the worldwide experience so they opened in europe they opened in asia um japan is big curves um area um so the first 10 years were go, 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 run, 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 train lots of staff, um, always, always up to something. And the original founders of Curves sold to, a, a, what do you call it? Oh, sorry. Like an investment group, right? And, yeah, an investment corporation. Um, yep. Curves is very personal. Um, every Curves I visited during those first 10 years had their own, we, uh, everyone had the same circuit, but everyone had their own style. You know, they might have a, a motivational wall. I went to one in Maui, that was great. Had a motivational wall that was painted in an ocean scene. Um, and then we did some certain things for rewarding members and, and recognizing members for commitment and stuff like that. And this, yeah. corpora this corporation, when they bought, didn't like that. So they laid down the law and, you know, they asked all, the, not asked, insisted that we all paint everything exactly the same color and take down anything that was really personal and, you know, make it franchisee like McDonald's so that you walk Uniform into a curve. Across the board. 
Yeah, it's just the same. You don't walk into a curves and see something different. You walk into a curves and and that lasted for a few years and then they realized their error and SORS said, oh, well, let's yeah. make it more personal to you and your, your area. So those were rough years. Um, and it's yeah, been imagine. purchased from them. It was bought by Japan, by Curves Japan. They tried some stuff that I think works well if you're working with women in Japan who are, this is gonna sound bad, who are easily controlled by their male bosses. So they had some various training stuff that they really wanted Curves owners to do that was, I don't know. You know, we're independent women. Most of us who own Curves are women. Most of us are yep. pretty independent. We wanna do things. We, want, we don't want somebody pulling us around by the scruff of the neck. And it felt that way when Japan um, owned. I think to be truthful, a lot of us just sort of said, well, you can say those things, but I'm, I am I own this business and I'll do what I want. Yeah, I think um, that's sort of the, the double-edged sword of franchises in general. And it's both examples that you just talked about. Yes, there are all kinds of great opportunity where they will help you figure out how to run your business. They'll help you set your gym up. They'll help you do X, Y, and Z to get off the ground. But a lot of cases, it's more handcuffing than mm -hmm. opportunity presenting. And whether that's we want you to all look the same or we want you to all operate the same, there is a factor of local demographics, different yeah. marketplaces, different buying patterns that needs to be accounted for yes. in any business. Yes. And yes. so, Kelly, talk to us a little bit about the business as it stands now, right? We've made it through 18 months of craziness yes. in our industry. Yes. What um, is, if you, if you were to put a label on, on the business model, we talk in our industry about personal training studios, CrossFit boxes, different group training things. Mm -hmm. What is, what is the service that you guys provide at Curves? Is this more in the kind of open gym, come at your own time sort of category? It is. Um, so it really is a, uh, it, you described it perfectly. It's a circuit training system. Um, you can arrive anytime you want to. There is no set times where classes begin or end. Um, it is essentially a 30 minute total body workout. Um, the combination is always aerobic and strength training. Um, what I personally love about it is that the system is hydraulic. Um, and so a fit, I don't wanna say young, but that's fair, I guess, young fit person can get as challenging a workout as they decide they wanna put into it. Working out directly next to my oldest member who currently is 95, who will do machines at a pace that a 95 year old can do. Um, yep. But it's, so yes, it's a come and go when you want to. Um, services, we, we're, it's hard because this has always been a thing with curves. It's like, well, every curves is supposed to be the same, but is every curves the same? Um, our curves, I think, have survived a lot of rough times um, because we are heavy on service. Um, we take good information on intake, lots of health information. Um, if somebody has health 
challenges. Um, my OT background can come in handy, but I don't treat, obviously. Um, I can just help you figure out, you know, that shoulder of yours and that machine over there, are those really a good blend? What should we do? How should we modify? Um, but we do very good intake. Um, we provide services. Your membership gets you um, monthly um, body fat analysis, measurements, weight, if you want it. So we, we really help people or we try to help people with accountability if weight loss is on their agenda. Um, Curves is a fitness center, but it's also a weight loss center. And I think it's begun, not begun to, I think it developed a reputation early on, sadly, um, to be for old fat ladies. Um, the sad thing is it's for all ladies, doesn't matter what your situation is, but because weight loss center got tagged onto it, that information kind of stuck to us. Um, but we do yeah. teach nutrition. I am a certified nutritional advisor. I teach nutrition classes. Um, we carry supplements, um, a really, really high quality um, supplement brand. So we do lots of stuff that is all based on health maintenance, really, um, fitness and nutrition, motivation, lots of coaching. Um, even though the ladies are all doing the same workout, they're not, they're doing their workout. And we yeah. try to make sure that, you know, they're, they're getting what they should for themselves while everyone still is using the same equipment on the same circuit. Yeah. And, and really a couple of different services, if the meat and potatoes of it is of course the fitness, right? yes. the circuit style, open gym, general membership sort of training. Right. But you guys layer on these other things, right? Correct. Motivation and accountability nutrition coaching that we know this sort of triangle of necessity to get people actual results right is imperative people will pay for it people will really invest in themselves if it's important to them mm -hmm. for you guys obviously this is a somewhat niche market right it's women only correct talk to us a little bit about the marketing that goes into getting people in your doors in the first place before a sales conversation even takes place. How are you generating leads to then turn into members down the line? Okay. So to, to, uh, let's see, how do we, how do we start this conversation? Um, currently the marketing dollars are very small. Um, because our gym membership has dropped. Um, the pandemic really, the, the pandemic took out 50% of my membership. Um, and yeah. I'll tell you more about how and why all that went down. Some of it's pandemic, some of it was a choice that I made. Um, but we have to pay as franchise, um, a, a ad fund, if you will, along with royalties, we pay an ad fund fee to um, Curves International. And okay because they do use that money um, for not very much, to be fair and honest. Um, we get a little digital stuff once in a while. Um, and outside of that, over the years, when the, when the corporation was larger, we had, we had a presence on television. Um, we, the presence on the internet got bigger and bigger as the internet got bigger and bigger from the late 90s. Um, so anyway, we have to pay that. Um, over the past 20 plus years, we've done anything and everything that exists in, ma in marketing. We have done sure. local radio, we have done local TV, we have done, you know, the bridal expos, we've done the health expos, the senior expos, 
we've had bus benches, yard signs, um, print ad like crazy. We've tried, you know, the local newspaper here is kind of horrible and very, very expensive. So that one has kind of been out. But, you know, there's local newspapers and coupon books. I mean, if it exists, the back of register receipts at Safeway, right? Um, yeah. If it exists as a possible marketing option, we have probably tried it. And yeah. I don't know, even though we ask every single person, how did you hear about curves? Why did you come in here? I don't know that anything works any better. Actually, what works the very best is referrals. Word mm -hmm. of mouth, my friend goes here. I, I saw that she's losing weight. She seems stronger. Um, referrals. And so we ask members internally, that's part of our member motivation program, um, is not only motivate you to succeed and do well, but also would you please consider taking this flyer to your friends or to your Bible study or to your quilt group or to your, you know, homeschooling, whatever thing. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah. So hundred percent. And, and referrals are, it's not exclusive to fitness even referrals. Right. If any business in the world could grow unlimited amounts on referrals alone, absolutely. Those leads are free. They mm -hmm. know who we are. They like us and they trust us. And they yeah. typically are a higher quality client in the long run, right? They have accountability just based on the person that referred them there. Sure. This third party nature really, really helps. I mean, but the downside, and, and to your point, the reason marketing exists at all is because we don't have any control over referrals. We may get 20, 30, one month, we may get two the next exactly. month or yes. none. Yes. So we supplement with all of these other things. You mentioned a whole lot of different resources, local radio, <laughs> local newspaper, backs of receipts, coupon books, whoever else has thought of it, you guys have attempted it at some point. And the idea is growth, right? Right. If we right. could get everything right. that we needed from referrals, we wouldn't have to do that. But right. necessary right. evil of running a business, it's usually not enough. Yeah. And so here we are, 2022 buying patterns have changed a little bit people right. invest a little bit less into newspapers into local radio and and typically have gone a little bit more digital have you guys ventured into the the social media world of 2022 so the current and i would say five years ish of history um that as the curves franchise numbers have reduced and the curves corporate dollars for that, um, for marketing has reduced. Um, almost everything that we are instructed by the corporation to do is social media. Yeah. So yes. Um, to, do it, to do it on your own? Yes. Well, I see. Yes. So we, Curves does have a website and we have a website. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And the website is adequate. Um, it's everything. I mean, honestly, if, if face, if the word Facebook came out of my, my, cor my corporate manager's mouth one more time, I might do horrible things. Everything mm. is Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and we do it and we maintain that Facebook, but I don't see it being highly effective. I don't even know that I see it being 
Interesting. Sort of effective. It may have something, I mean, five years ago, we said it probably has something to do with our demographic, which tends to be, again, I think it's wrong because a 21 year old is going to get a great workout at curves. Um, But our demographic does tend to be beyond child rearing because we don't do day, we don't do any kind of babysitting. So our demographic seems to be 45 and above. I think my mean member age right now, when we last checked, was really right around the 60, 65. So those Which may be on Facebook. It may not be. But is this for you guys? Is this organic? We're posting content. We're posting pictures. We're posting videos. Or is this we're investing ad spend and, and looking for a significant return on it? A little bit of both. Um, we user generated content is supposed to, is the big, huge push at the moment, you know, get your members posting and make sure you're posting and all that. Um, and then of course we do, um, boost ads, um, Mm -hmm. every dime right now is precious. And so trying to figure out where to throw those things. Um, and because we're small, you know, I don't have... (laughs) At this point, the the kind of joke is on me. I am the coach. I am the receptionist. I am the janitor. I am the marketer. I am HR. We do have a few employees, so I I am HR. Um, My sister and I share bookkeeping. You know, I pay bills and she does. We do so much for so little right now. Yeah. Um, 10 years ago, my, my income was appropriate to have left my job as an occupational therapist. Um, currently that is very untrue. And yet I've committed to this. Um, I've Mm -hmm. thought about going back to healthcare to be real boy in the last two years, I am grateful that I did not do that. Um, but I would make a lot more money if I went back yeah. to healthcare. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point, Kelly, because you're not alone in that boat. I talked to a whole lot of gym owners and whether or not they have experience assigning dollars to advertising or whatever other marketing ventures they're in, dollars are precious. This is a small business. It wouldn't make sense for me to say, hey, Kelly, go spend 20 grand this month on, on Facebook ads and we'll build this business back up because that's just not realistic. Right. Right. We need to keep in mind every dollar going out. We have to have some sort of expected ROI coming back in. Right. And we don't have the luxury of just spending money for brand awareness. Exactly. Yeah. And, And so here we are. I mean, we know coming out of the pandemic, we know we need to rebuild this business. We know we need to get people back in the doors. And so paint us a picture of the future. Where do you want to see your curves locations here in the short term and in the long term? Oh boy. Um, You know, I would love to see us double our membership Um, last year. So the pandemic, um, thank God we were in Colorado Springs, Colorado and not in New York City. Um, that's where I lived, Kelly. Oh, law. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, we were closed 
100% closed lockdown could not be open for 12 weeks, mm -hmm. um, starting on you know St. Patrick's Day, 2020. Um, and our governor um, allowed businesses to reopen under all kinds of rules and whatever. Um, but sure. we reopened in June, and you know, boy, it was a it was an adventure cleaning and and reservations to a system that never needed reservations so we could manage how many people were there and all that. Um, and so 2020 was, was a wicked hard year, but we were open. Um, we were twice as big before the pandemic as compared to now. And I did not lose any paying. Okay, not any, that's unfair. I lost a very small percentage of paying members. One of the things that seemed like a great idea and then turned out to be a disaster and then we sucked it up and dealt with it for a decade was insurance-based memberships via Silver Sneakers and Medicare. Um, and those people and, and any gym owner who takes Silver Sneakers should fully understand this. You get money for that person only when they physically they get, their, get their booty to your gym. Yes. Yeah. So no visits, no payment. And obviously during the pandemic, because of the, you know, older nature of some of our ladies, they were fearful and didn't want to get out. Um, and so we get a few, a few visits, who knows how many every month was a little bit different. What's going on. And that was pandemic, but that was also pre pandemic. Um, a silver sneakers member who, goes on vacation for three months all summer long, we get zero dollars. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to budget your world way before the pandemic. I mean, back when I had still had four or 500 members, a lot of that money was maybe coming and maybe not. You know, in January when the winter weather in Colorado is a little iffy, a lot less money. In the spring right. when things get better, maybe more money. Um, so the, the, to shorten the story, at the end of 2020, we decided we had to know what our income was. There just was, it wasn't fair to be consistently guessing. And so we told the members, we will no longer be accepting these memberships. Um, yeah. And that was costly. That's a hard decision to make. Yeah, it was costly to the number of members on my rolls, but to be completely honest, it was not that costly to my income because a good number of them stayed and said, I value this place enough, I will actually pay you. Um, and thank goodness for that. But at the same time, right before pandemic and right now, my income wasn't that impressive in 2018 and 19 because things were going downhill with curves. So mm -hmm. now I'm about the same place, You know, we're four years later and we're going, what's going on? So what do we want the future to look like? Of course, yeah. we'd like the gym to grow. Of course, I would like to need more staff. Um, we are kind of in a spin in our wheels. Um, what, where, how are we gonna do this? 2020, once we took out the silver sneakers and got the ones that stayed for all of 21, I was positive actually for the first time in a long time, positive growth, okay. not a lot, 
maybe 26 or 30, which sounds to most people like, oh God, that's not positive, but that's it was a far positive. better trend than in the red. Yeah. And the truth is prior to that, because of these silver sneakers management mess, you know, these people weren't coming. And so you were per, per, oh, using so much time. The other thing Curves does as a service is, you know, when you don't come, we actually reach out, we call, we email, we try to come, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Um, and so there's been some time that we haven't had to spend as much on the begging. Um, so again, a, a decision I'm not sorry I made, but trying to regrow from here is, is, our, is our true challenge. The Step past, one, right? The, yeah, 2021 was hold your own. If we can get through this year without actually losing, you know, hemorrhaging more members and maybe get a few to join, but how do you encourage people to join a gym? You know, our gyms are clean, but gyms aren't clean. People think gyms are germy. So are you going to go to a gym and join a gym in the middle of a pandemic? And especially when now everybody can get silver sneakers online for free. They can get YMCA classes if they're silver sneakers online. They can go, you can sign up for online. My daughter's doing Peloton. She was a gym rat, um, lived in the gym. And yeah. when she got locked down in Boston, which was a long lockdown, they just signed up for Peloton. And she's like, I'm never going back to the gym. Yep. This is great. That's, that's the real battle in yep. our industry right now is yep. to your point, you are sick of hearing Facebook from the powers that be. <laughs> We're sick of hearing the word pivot, but the reality is that's the nature. How do it we is. adjust with the times? This is the marketplace that we are in. Yep. How do we reinvent? How do we figure out a way to compete? And right. there is still a huge, huge portion of our population that value in-person training. They value getting out of their home. Absolutely. They value the community and the camaraderie of going to mm -hmm. a gym like yours. And so mm -hmm. the industry is is far from dead. And, and I think that you'll see the comeback happening here. You made it through 2020, you made it through 2021. Let's see where 2022 rolls. And, right. And go from there. Kelly, Yeah, this has been a bunch of fun and, and you and I could certainly talk for hours and hours about this, but as we approach the end of our time here, I want to give you a chance to kind of shout out where people can learn a little bit more about your specific clubs. Is there social media? Is there a website designated for you? Um, we actually are on Facebook, um, two locations. Um, Curves Constitution is one. That's just the street it's on. And Curves Pike Speak is the other one. Um, those are the two um, Facebook sites. Um, we do have, um, again, you can go to curves.com, which is the main, um, sorry, internet site, website. Um, and you can put into that site our, um, just put in Colorado Springs and it will pop up our location and um, other information connecting to our website that way. Um, for most people, that's the easiest because curves.com is just simple. Yep. That is perfect. Kelly, I, I truly enjoy 
the opportunity to kind of dig through business owners' mindsets and see what makes them tick and, and why they do what they do. I really appreciate your time and, and your contribution here. And we'll have to get you back on a year from now and, and see where this club takes see, you. How's that see fun? what has happened. Yeah. That's right. Sounds good. Well, like I said, thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest from F45 in the Washington State area, owner of four locations, Mr. John Bankson. How are you doing today? Good, Dominic. How are you doing? I, I am doing fantastic. Always, uh, always an interesting day, getting to talk to different people about different models. So let's hop into it. You are a multi-location franchisee of F45. So um, let's let's just get a little little background, little history. Um, you came from a different world um, outside of fitness. We're looking for the right thing to invest in. So first question for me is going to be like, why why F45? What stood out to you, and and how did you know you wanted to open multiple locations right away? Sure, um, you know so. When I was in the corporate world, I uh, uh, I got fat after I got out of the army. <laughs> it kind of happens. Got lazy, and I realized when I turned 40, I needed to do something different. So I found something called CrossFit, and I loved it. I did it for about six years. And I started hating corporate life and was trying to figure out what I want to do. And uh, my first inclination was, I'm going to open a CrossFit box. And, um, you know, I was in my mid-40s at the time, and uh, hurt my shoulder doing an overhead squat and realized, man, I can't do this the rest of my life. I, I'm just, my body's too broken from all the stuff I put it through. And, and so, you know, I've been searching for, for CrossFit stuff online. And of course, Facebook's algorithm is really good about finding out what you like. And so they presented me this ad for something called F45. Never heard of it before. Didn't have any in, in the Washington State. In fact, there were only 16 in the United States at the time. And uh, I saw like, I'll go check that out. Maybe that's something. It kind of looks CrossFit-y. So I checked it out and I, I fell in love with the concept. I went and worked out uh, when I was down in Vegas at a conference and uh, I, I love the workout. So I called the, the franchise guy up and we started talking and that's how the journey started. And 
you know, I knew coming out of corporate America, I didn't want to just open up one location. I knew that uh, for this to be worth my time and investment, I need to do multiple locations. That's kind of how I ended up getting into F45. Uh, you know, I, I love the community aspect. That's why I live at CrossFit too. Made all my friends there. That's you know, every friend I, outside of work was made in the CrossFit box. Uh, and that same kind of community transcends into F45. Uh, and you still, it's, I love that high intensity workout. Um, and that, you know, I think that comes from me having been, you know, the military, I just kind of like that hard work and uh, in and out and quick, get it in, get it done. Awesome. Awesome. So you had having the business background, we talked to a lot of people, especially, and you, you can use whatever nomenclature you want, but you know, uh, the most common is, is the micro gym, right? Anything that's from 500 to, I don't know, call it five, 6,000 square feet and, um, you know, not a big open access model. A lot of them come from the world of fitness consumer to trainer to, you know, I'm going to open my own thing, you know, my, myself included, we talked about my backstory there, but coming from the business world, from corporate sales, knowing, you know, knowing with what financials look like, um, definitely can, can skew the way it looks, but saying like, Hey, you know, if I need this to be a business, that's going to potentially make this much profit. So I can have this income. I need to have things in place. I need to have org charts. I need to have operators that aren't, aren't me. I need to be able to not be an absentee, but to not have the whole thing depend on my being there, you know, 12 hours a day, every day, which is a, a very different perspective. And it seems like uh, F45 really embraces coming from that direction versus the fitness consumer trainer side, or it seems to be the, the majority of the owners that I've come across. Um, you've probably, you, you've been, to, been in conferences and know other people. Do you find that that's generally where the people that gravitate towards F45 ownership are? I would, I would say it's still split. Uh, if you go okay. into Australia, most of the owners in Australia are like a typical CrossFit box owner here in the States where it's a, a personal trainer that opened up a gym. But when they came to the United States, it kind of shifted where they were out about 50% were people like me and 50% were single studio operators. And, you know, from a, from a PL point of view, it's a, it's a big difference because if you're the guy in there coaching, you know, 20 to 40 classes a week and you're doing a lot of the work, it really does it really lowers your payroll costs a lot and changes that that equation as far as what break even looks like. Um, so from when I'm looking at it from multi studio, you know, having one with my overhead of like somebody like me uh, didn't pencil out. And I know two made it tight. So you know there's this there's this point where you have to get to in order for the PL to make sense um, from a business owner point of view. And that's why I have multiple locations because I know the more locations I have and the, the better I can scale. The better the economies, uh, the better the PL will look from spreading that overhead out and uh, having efficiencies throughout the organization. Absolutely. And with that, you started with three, you've since uh, purchased a fourth. Where do you find, I know three of your locations are close together, the biggest efficiencies, the, the places where you can take advantage of economies and scale? Is it reciprocity in, in coaching and in management? Is it uh, spreading marketing over if you have concentrated areas? What are the, the places where you find you get to leverage that the most? Sure. So we, we kind of got uh, our organization structured into three different silos. Well, they work together, but there's three categories. We have our sales and marketing, we have operations, and we have athletics. 
And there's lots of, and we do that because we know that as we, as we grow and scale, there's things that in those, each of those categories that you can spread across all three locations and do them better if you're doing them at a higher level. So for example, uh, our marketing, uh, we do the marketing for all four locations uh, collectively. Uh, you know, each, each one has individual campaigns, but because we can see how it works in each market, we can uh, leverage that knowledge and apply that across the board. Uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to replicate a campaign in Facebook, for example, one location to location. So that's a big time savings efficiency. Uh, and not having uh, a studio manager or somebody in the studio having to pay attention to that, they can focus then on the customer and the number. And for, when it comes like the athletics, um, you know, we do these F45 challenges all the time throughout the year. <clears throat> and when I first uh, opened up, each studio was kind of doing their own thing. And it was a little bit different, but it's taking a lot of time. So now we have a, I have a director of athletics and she sets the, the standard, like, this is what we're going to do. Here's all the different stuff we're doing during each of the challenges. Uh, so from, a, from, a, from the, the stuff where we do have flexibility in programming, it has to be coordinated and planned. Uh, and somebody has to, and it, I think it helps from an efficient point, it has somebody quarterback that queen between all the studios. Um, because, you know, when I've talked to like the, some of the studio, studio owners, they'll, they'll coach maybe 10 classes a week because they have all this other stuff they have to do. My studio manager can coach uh, 17 to 20 classes a week because they don't have to worry about all that overhead. Um, and that has an impact on payroll and how many trainers we have to bring in. Uh, for like operations, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, like counting beans and bullets, right? Uh, it's what, you know, how are you getting the toilet paper? How are you getting the paper towels? Where's the shampoo and the soap coming from? I mean, all that stuff sounds like super easy, but it's, you know, you got to pay attention and there's, you know, I, it's, it's, it's it, the, the, from a PL point of view, watching those, the, the, the supply costs is important, but also making sure that it's available and that. So, you know, in the middle of the day, like, Ooh, boy, we're out of toilet paper and I got a member in there and I got to go run to Costco or Safer real quick because for my next class, you know, it's just interruptive to delivering that service. And, you know, we want the people in the studio or our employees in the studio focused on delivering an amazing experience to our members and not worrying about all this stuff that it takes uh, that's required to run a business and to deliver all that stuff that is behind the scenes. Awesome, man. So it's, it sounds like um, the logistics side of it, you know, a lot of that sounds like things that you, you had a handle of coming from, you know, the corporate sales background, having examined a lot of these things and knowing right off the bat, you know, even though you hadn't executed them in a fitness setting, like, hey, these are small th things that look like they're small, but when they add up are not only going to affect the bottom line in dollars, but with attention, with people not having highest and best use of their time and making sure that somebody who's, you know, who may be in a high value dollar per hour role right. isn't doing something you know, that, that somebody who's lower down or could be automated or who could be systematized and just really looking for, you know, the different levers you can pull, the different tweaks you can make as far as those aspects of the business and just sure. watching them multiply, you know, saving $200 a month per club is now saving $800 a month across. And then, you know, you, you, you can go horizontally and vertically with it. Correct. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that too, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, in a, in a single studio environment, who's watching the metrics? Who's watching the KPIs? Is it the, the chicken watching the hen house? Or the fox watching the hen house? Because, you know, is, is the student manager watching the numbers that he's responsible for or somebody else watching? So from an overhead point of view, 
we provide a dashboard to our students or we like, hey, here's your number, here's your KPIs, here's where you're working, here's where it's not working. And we can dive into. Um, and, and so we don't provide that, <clears throat> that oversight and feedback loop that's independent of the studio, I think is important too. That's a good thing for scale for us. Fantastic. So I've got a, I've got a million questions for you and only so much time. So I'm going to try to go, um, you know, biggest bang that I can here for the time we have. You had three studios and opened those up pre-COVID. Um, yep. COVID, COVID hit, smacked everybody around good, but you, you survived that. Um, and then going on about a little over a year ago, opportunity came up to purchase an existing studio. What does that decision-making process look like for you? How, how did the opportunity have to present to, to the degree that you can, sure. you can disclose? And how did you make a decision like, hey, if three is good, four might be better, pros and cons? What did that, that process look like for you? Yeah, so we, we had just opened our third studio two months before the, the first shutdown happened. Um, and we were planning on opening up more. Uh, of course, the pandemic kind of put a stop to all those plans. And, um, you know, we came out of that first shutdown and the, the guy in Puyallup was looking to sell his location for various reasons. And so I'm like, oh, that sounds like an opportunity. Why not? You know, and uh, so we started looking at it. Of course, uh, this is back when we thought things were getting back to normal in, you know, summer of 21. <laughs> or was it summer summer 20? Summer 2020. And, uh, you know, so we started working through the, the, the merger acquisition type of paperwork and negotiations. So it took forever um, because, you know, there was SB loans that we assumed from him. There's all, all kinds of complex and just, you know, things were slow. By the time the deal was done, uh, we had been shut down again. <laughs> and so... It was one of those, we were at that point like, well, do we continue doing this? And we were so far down the path, like, well, this shutdown can't last that long. And then, you know, it's kind of the logic. We're like, let's just do it. And we're, because we're, we're almost out of this. And this is February of 21. And so we did it. And then, of course, you know, it's been another year of restrictions and craziness uh, since then. So it's been a tough time to acquire. But, you know, uh, there's a saying that uh, w when there's uh, challenges and obstacles, there's opportunity. And so that's why that's how I saw it. it was like there's an opportunity, and um, you know, obviously we didn't buy at the right time. You know, but maybe in two years we'll say no, we did buy at the right time because you know we were able to survive and ride it out. Uh, it's been a rough storm, COVID up here, but you know, not not from like a the illness point of view, but more from for gyms for the government restrictions and what they've done uh, to make it really difficult to do business. Yeah, well, I think uh, at, at our time of recording. Here, uh, March 10th, 2022, uh, sounds like the good news is at least restrictions are going to be going up, uh, taken away for the most part in the Seattle, in the Washington area in a couple of days. Tomorrow night at midnight. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, uh, I can imagine you would be. So hopefully that goes pretty well. I want to kind of work with the rest of the time we have here. Just, just talking about a couple of things because you've had the benefit of three, now four locations talk about some of the, the best practices and, and things that have worked well for you um, in different areas. So, you know, top of the top of mind for almost all gym owners is always like the top of the funnel, getting, getting leads in customer acquisition. What have you found generally has worked the best for you for attracting people, at least getting that, you know, the, the basic name, email, phone number, hand raise? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a moving target as far as what works. Um, and when we first opened three years ago, nobody knew what F45 was. So what worked back then and works now is different. Um, people now know what F45 is in the United States. There's about 600 in the United States now. So it's a common, more of a common name. Still not as well known as something like Crossford or Orange Theory, but it is known. Um, and so what we find works is not just having one source of leads. You know, I would say a couple of years ago, uh, before iOS 14, Facebook, Instagram ads, you just add more money and you got more leads. It's not as simple as that anymore. It's a lot more complicated. Um, and because of that, we don't, we've, uh, sh we've, we've steered away from like a major focus on Facebook, Instagram ads to more of a di diverse uh, multi-channel source of leads. So referrals is big for us. Uh, we run an, a rewards program for our members, uh, which involves, you know, referrals and all kinds of stuff to drive, um, ultimately to drive referrals in, but also reward our members for doing different stuff. But the, re the big thing behind that is, is referrals. And um, this program allows us to track it. And we started that in August or se September of last year. And we've had over 400 referrals uh, in that since then. And of those referrals, I believe, I had to pull the numbers up, but I think it was 150, around 150 actually came in for uh, a couple of classes. And I don't have the metrics uh, on top of, in front of me of how many of those converted members, but we do convert quite a few to members. So it's, it's been a very good uh, low-cost source of leads. Um, and then, you know, B2B, guerrilla marketing has really been successful too. So getting out to local businesses, apartment buildings, uh, hanging out flyers around town in the neighborhoods within Milwaukee's and the studio has been a big thing too. Um, yeah, th those are the things that work well. Uh, and then following up with leads that are old leads. Uh, you know, I've, I was listening, I think it was a, another Jim Lord's podcast when I was getting prepped for this. And somebody was mentioning about um, uh, how 60% of old members will return if you market to them. And, it, you know, and I'm, we're finding that too. So if we market, you know, we have a leads database of 12,000 emails for our four studios right now because we've been marketing for so long. And, and you know, you pay for these leads and sometimes they don't ever come in, not then, but so we, we you know, we, we continually market to people on a regular basis until they tell us to stop. Um, and, you know, we try to overwhelm people, but that's what's been working is, is not relying on just one thing. And we're constantly looking for new ways and, and changes in the market too. You know, we, we experimented with different social media platforms as it evolved. We, we experimented with Nextdoor for a while. Didn't work. You know, it, 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 was, it was interesting. It didn't work. Uh, Google My Business, which is now Google Business Profile, that works pretty well, too. So we've been, we've been working on that. We've tried to focus on SEO uh, to, to drive, because we a lot of people come in from searching gyms near me on Google. Um, you know, we're looking at new channels, um, such as advertising in through mobile apps, which is a non- um, not something most people do. Mm -hmm. Also looked at new platforms like TikTok, which we, we have an ad account, but we haven't really launched the ad campaigns there yet. So we, we're constantly looking for new ways to get leads in because, you know, lead flow is the, uh, it's the lifeblood of a gym. Yeah, for sure. And I, I give you kudos for being open-minded and not, not being stuck in, oh, this one thing works best. And I'm going to, I'm just going to ride it till the wheels fall off because inevitably the wheels will fall off any, any single channel. And right. whenever you're dependent on that, you are vulnerable to say the least. So one of the other things that I, in talking to a couple of F45 owners, um, I know that there's some opportunity there um, with 
with marketing either guidance or managed by corporate? Is that something that you've participated in or have you mostly just kept it close to home to be a little bit more more in control, in touch with it? How's that worked out for you? Yeah, so I, I've done, when we when we bought our third franchise location, uh, one of the requirements of franchise agreement was to use their marketing services for the first four months. Uh, and so we've done that. It, it worked okay, but it wasn't great. Um, and I've used I don't know, five or six different ad agencies. And my experience has always been the same. They charge too much and the results are not what you think they're supposed to be. They're not what they tell you. And so because of that, you know, I, unfortunately I had a lot of downtime during the COVID when we were shut down. So I just, you know, I'm a fairly intelligent guy. I just went on YouTube and learned how to do Facebook and Google marketing. It's not rocket science. Uh, and I ended up getting my CPL, my cost per lead was way lower than I was getting from my previous um, marketing companies. And so we've, we've been doing it that way for a while. And we will occasionally get some consultant in or somebody in to take a look at what we're doing to make sure that, hey, well, why don't you try this, try this, or I'll change this up. Um, so, cause you know, it's never good just do things on your own without external feedback uh, to figure out what you're doing wrong. So I, I know I'm not perfect at it, um, but what I do know is what we've been able to do in house has been better than what we've been able to hire out, which is just sounds odd. And I don't know if that's just the gym marketing machines that are out there, uh, you know, I've talked to gym owners about what works, what doesn't work from gym from other ad agencies. And everybody's experience is almost always the same. I charge too much and the lead cost is too high and I don't get the lead flow I'm expecting. That sounds, that sounds pretty standard across the industry. Um, and I, I don't say that to, sure. to disparage anybody. It just seems that gym owners um, or in, in some cases, I guess that have managers or whatever that, can, if somebody in-house can own the skill of working in these different manager programs, being able to, to do a lot of the operational stuff, and especially for, for somebody like you with multiple locations, because it's a little tougher for the single, sure. the single gym owner to be able to trial and error, A, B, test as many things. So you do get some advantage there. Um, it's almost impossible for a, a single location gym owner to expect that somebody who is giving them boilerplate, just kind of standard copy paste things without having a, a huge amount of testing and trial and error is going to be able to replicate something that works in North Dakota, Seattle, right. Miami, you know, Dallas. It's just, it, it's easy to promise it and it's really hard to deliver it. And I think uh, yep. COVID took out, um, a lot of marketing agencies that weren't that weren't so good that they kept their clients, you know, running and and, and humming to the best degree. And um, the Facebook, uh, uh, the iOS 14 and Facebook Instagram combination that you know it, it kind of it made it a little tougher. So there there are a couple you know here and there that I think can deliver, but I don't think there's anything that compares to having the information, having the e tests, having the ability to control it internally because nobody's nobody's going to watch out for you better than you either that's what it came down to yeah so yeah i don't it's it's an unfortunate experience but it's certainly it isn't unique in that market and owning that skill is is huge and just being able to stay on top of it so with that being said you are getting you are getting people through the door you're you're, you know you haven't lost any locations through this 
Um, sales process front end offers. Um, most of the F45s that I've spoken to have been, you know, free classes or uh, LBO, low but you know, uh, low barrier offer entry things like that. Um, again, for you having had the opportunity to run these through four locations, have you had any more success with one than the other, or is it again just sure. variety and cycling through? For us, we found the paid trial or paid intro offer works the best uh, for various reasons. Um, you know, we, we get about, it varies from studio, but we'll get 10 to 30 paid trials per week at, at our studios. Uh, and that's just from lead flow from our marketing and whatnot. Um, and uh, the, we have basically two main offers for that. It's two weeks for $45 or four weeks for $99. So it's the LBO. Um, mm. So how we go, we, we've done the free trials in the past and what you get uh, at least in Seattle market, you get a bunch of uh, trial hoppers is what we call them. People come in, waste your time on your sales process with no intention of ever buying. And they don't have that commitment. They're not, you know, they're not ready buyers. People who are willing to put up, you know, 50 to hundred dollars to come and check you out. They're serious. They're, they're not, you know, they're not like the, they're, they're at, at that buying cycle stage. They're already further along than somebody that's going in for a free trial. And, you know, if we'll get some people who don't convert into a paid trial. We'll reach out to them and offer a free class. Hey, come check it out 45, you know, just to see what it's like. And that's kind of a, a back pocket offer we offer to, to try to unstick a lead that won't pay for a trial. Um, and then we'll convert them into a paid trial. Got it. So more, more paid trials than not is, is the direction that, that you've found success in. And again, um, I always, you know, it's always your mileage may vary. Absolutely. Doctor, legal professional, whatever, but, but that's what you've seen work. The, the only other question I had on that was how in depth are your new member intros, consult sales process, whatever you call it, your, your local nomenclature, how far do you go into a process with somebody before they sign up for pay trial, free trial, whatever it may be? So a lot of times, well, for, for them to start the pay trial, uh, a lot of times it's buying online and then they reach out to us. Or sometimes it's, it's you know, they reach out, ask questions. We answer a few questions. Maybe it's via text, maybe it's via email, maybe it's on the phone, kind of depends on the person. Uh, and we talk about their goals. Uh, but once they're in for the pay trial, then, you know, we know this serious. That's when we kick in the, the the sales process of like trying to convert them into a member because there's no obligation after a trial. We don't trick them into auto rolling into membership. They got to cancel. You know, it, it's it's there. They're there for uh, to to check it out and see if it's for them, right? And so we run them through a through a, through an intro process. Uh, we talk about goals. We talk about we get them on a body scanner. We set up you know. Um, a tracking program for them for the first that trial period and try to get them to build the, the to form the right habits to show up because uh you know i think most gym owners know that uh if people don't show up they're gonna quit uh, and i was listening you know this, this is the one different thing about studios than the big box gyms i was listening to another gym lords podcast the other day where somebody was saying they had a thousand members and only 30 percent of them ever showed up I'm like, I don't know how you, you how those people that those 70% that pay that every month, even it's only 30 bucks, one of those big box gyms charge, don't ever look at the credit card and say, why am I paying that? I'm not, you know. Um, but we know if people don't show up, they quit. That's what happens. I, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I remember being really shocked. Uh, I think it was it was a Wall Street Journal article that I was reading recently about the percentage of people who don't look at their credit card statements at all. 
it, it was over it was over 50 percent that's crazy nail down the exact number but it, it's pretty high um one of the other things that with what you just said uh, a lot of people who may be peripherally familiar with f45 may have seen you know the style workouts or the you know the commercials or know that there are some circuits and there are you know tvs demonstrating movements things like that but when it comes to adherence when it comes to onboarding um, f45 also leverages uh, a high amount of technology through an app with nutrition with you know the ability to order meals recipes things like that um, have you found that there's anything trackable where you can see engagement with an app versus retention uh, versus interaction with you know humans in the process you know, we, uh, we used to not talk about the app a whole lot, but once we started talking about the app, you're like, oh, that's so cool. Because now in the app, you put your, your, uh, your, your BMR and your, your body metrics in, and it's going to calculate your recipes for your daily, um, what your caloric intake should be based off your goals. So it, it customizes the recipes down to the, to the gram or ounce of, of ingredient you need to put in to get your, your meals to the exact calories you need, which is pretty interesting. And when we talk about people about that, they're like, this is really neat. This is this is very, very cool. But that, how do we track it? There's no way we can track it, unfortunately. Uh, so we don't know if that's you know, successful or not. But the feedback we get is positive when we talk about it with people. It probably doesn't hurt in all realities. No. You know, statistically, yeah. I, I bet you it's 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 probably better than than not having it. In oh, front. for sure. Yeah. What I've heard of it, it seems to be, you know, very, very powerful, very robust. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, people who don't embrace technology certainly will eventually be left behind, I think, when it, in any business and fitness isn't as an, an exception there. So yeah. uh, I think the last thing we're going to have uh, much time to spend on here is, is, is kind of the bane of the existence of, well, any employer in the country right now, but fitness isn't an exception. It's, I hear all the time how hard it is for people to staff one facility. So you, you're here uh, with, with four facilities yep. and I'm sure it's, it's not easy for you. So again, I'm going to ask you what, what things uh, I'm sure you, you put poles in the water everywhere you can, but where have you found your best coaches, best employees? Um, and, and have you had many struggles or, you know, have you been relatively successful with your efforts? It's a constant struggle hiring. Um, you know, any business will tell you that, you know, people will make or break your business and you got to be able to, you know, we're, we're always hiring. Even when our, when our bench is full, we're still hiring because invariably something's going to happen. Right. And, uh, you know, so where, where we find trainers, well, we, you know, typical places we use indeed Craigslist. We have an app called career plug, um, that we use for our, our, uh, for, for our uh, applicant tracking system. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been tough. You know, we, we ask for referrals from people. Um, so we're constantly scouring for trainers. It's hard. Um, you know, one interesting thing about all of my managers all started out as trainers though. So we've, we, uh, we've hired managers in the past from outside. Um, but what we've found is, you know, hire the trainers, find the right people and then groom them and raise them up into these higher levels. We've been, that's been really good and successful. Um, we're short trainers right now. Uh, we were just talking about it yesterday. We were having to shuffle trainers between studios, which is one of the advantages of multiple studios. When when one studio loses a trainer and we can't hire a replacement right away, we can tap another student and say, hey, Coach Jessen, can you go over to the Queen Anne studio and coach a class? Yeah, sure, Coach, put me in. 
And uh, so that that is an advantage of multiple studios. Couple couple follow-ups there. Uh, one, have you had any or or much success with homegrown talent as far as coaches go? Yes, we've hired members and and uh, helped them get into uh, get certified and then become coaches. And we've had some good luck with that. Uh, you know, you talk to other forty five owners, they'll tell you some that their best coaches were members at one point in time. Uh, For sure. And does does F forty five have this isn't something that I think that I've I've asked before. Um, a corporate training program is it is it in house? How is that managed, and how yeah. much is delegated to the to the gym versus through the corporate structure? We can use any uh, nationally certified credential program. Well, not any, but there's a list of credential programs that we can use. Now, some you know the, the typical ones you you'd be familiar with, and then we have some called F45 Academy, which is a training portal for our sales team and our trainers. And they are launching a master fitness trainer program uh, that's F45 specific. Um, they're trying to get it to become, you know, recognized as a, like a national or international certificate for, for a personal trainer. Um, that's still further down the road. Um, so they, they are working on in-house, completely in-house training program. Uh, and, and right now, what, what they offer is more about this is how you deliver 45 and, the, and some of the, the master fitness stuff goes into the more of the PT specific and the group fitness training specific stuff uh, that is important for them, that, that knowledge base to have to, that way it could be with NASM or um, ACE or any other cert bodies out there. Got it. So last one, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce off you here on the staffing thing because you are on the advertising, you know, Facebook, Google ad savvy side of things as an owner, I have occasionally had, you know, different franchises, different, different gym concepts say that, that they've actually run their own, you know, Facebook or Google ads sponsored looking for trainers there. Is that an avenue you've ever gone down? We've done that before and we've had pretty poor results on that. Uh, and, and, you know, it could be market-based, but uh, the way the ads work is it's super easy for somebody to click. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, and it's so hard to pre-qualify them. So most of the time you are getting people who, who want to be a trainer, but have no business being a trainer <laughs> because they're, you know, they're up late drinking or whatever. Like, Ooh, that'd be cool. I'll do that. And they click the button and then you got to go chase them down. It, 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 so you're not getting a, somebody who has intention, you know, they're not intentionally searching for a job. They're getting served up the ad because Facebook thinks they're a fit. So it's different. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to go a little freestyle for the last couple of minutes that we have here. I'm going to open it up for you. Um, you've been in this now for a few years. Uh, you've kind of lived through hopefully the, the biggest, baddest part of a pandemic, um, multiple locations, you got a lot of stuff going on here. If there was, you know, any, any overarching theme or lesson, something that you wish you could have told yourself a few years ago or, would share with our audience. Is there anything that stands out that's uh, been been the most valuable for you as an owner? Yeah, I think probably the uh, the most valuable thing that I, you know learned probably is um, around tracking and measuring uh, has been huge. You know, just thinking something is doing well. You know, it's easy to watch the PL on your QuickBooks. But there's so much more data in the business that you can manage and track um, that will be future indicators of success or also 
if you can analyze it on a regular recurring basis, can help you pinpoint holes or gaps in the business that can make things more efficient from, from tracking what is your, your member utilization of the memberships to you know, what's my lead to trial conversion ratio or my trial to member ratio. There, there's, you know, what, what percentage of my membership base has their membership suspended right now? What percentage of my members have canceled in the last month? Having a knowledge and look at the trends and see if there's something going off the tracks uh, has, you know, that's something we've changed in the last year. We're watching that stuff on a regular recurring basis. We're reviewing it internally with the team so that not just I know the data points, but the entire team knows what those data points are um, because it's important to, to track that stuff without, you know, uh, as one of my mentors has told me, if you, if you can't, you can't manage something, you can't measure it. So I measure whatever I can. I, I measure things that I know that are indicators to business success. And uh, um, that's, that's been the huge thing for me. Yeah, that was the, 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 the phrase that was going through my head the whole time was, you know, uh, what gets measured gets managed. And anything outside of that is just, you might as well be, uh, might as well have your head in the sand, I think. So I love it. I love hearing it. And it's, it's no surprise that coming from a more business focused background that you have a, a handle on that and in a better grasp. But um, if you don't know, there, there's never any excuse. You don't need an MBA. You don't need a finance degree to get in there and get familiar with the numbers because even, even if you don't count them, they, they still count. So I love what, that. I do, what I do know is that Kevin Coster had a job. If you build, they will come. That does, that's not true in the gym industry. It's not there is not there's certainly no no field of dreams. It's nope, if, not, if you build it and market the hell out of it and have a good offer and and good sales and good fulfillment, maybe you'll do okay. That's right. But no no guarantees. It's a, a fickle industry. So for sure, we are we are just about out of time here, John. Before I let you go, uh, any website, social media, anywhere, anything that you want to shout out there to our audience. I mean, I love F45 training. You can always go to F45train.com. You can find our studios in Washington. Just search and find a studio near me. Um, but also I have lots of friends that own F45 studios. And I think uh, F45 is a, an amazing fitness platform. And I think it's the future. And if you happen to be in the Seattle area uh, and you're, you're a great trainer or want to be a great trainer, re reach out to John because he's looking right. for you. Right. And we promote trainers. You know, we're, we are looking to grow. We are going to add more than four studios. And so we do know as we hire more managers, we want to, we want to find trainers who want to grow and become managers. So that's what we're looking for. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you being on here, sir. I, uh, I look forward to checking in on you in the future and, and seeing you grow and see where things go for you up there. Thank you so much for your time. It's, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Dominic. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We will notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.